1: And this is not Seth Liebson to channel the late Jim Neighbors as Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, surprise. It's uh, the recovering congressman, longtime broadcaster, and unapologetically patriotic guy, J.D. Hayworth, behind the mic, on this Friday, September 2nd, 2022. Some things never change, like the number to call, 602-508-0960. But you and I, wow, what a day to be here. What a day to have a chance to visit with you in the wake of what you and I saw last night. The White House billed it as an address on the continued battle For the soul of the nation. But that lofty title had nothing to do with what Americans heard from Joe Biden last night. There he was, standing in front of Philadelphia's Independence Hall, but old Joe did not address the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of the American people. No, sadly, instead, he became a purveyor of political pornography. In less than 25 minutes, Joe Biden perverted our entire political process, mischaracterizing not only his electoral opponents, but those everyday Americans who just happen to disagree with him. Not three minutes into his speech, old Joe named the threat. Not communist China. A nation that employed the princeling strategy to entice Biden's son Hunter, a gatherer of millions of dollars on behalf of all the Bidens, including his dad, whom Hunter called the big guy, in emails about distributing the allegedly ill gotten gains. Not Russia which served its purpose as the nation-state named in alleged collusion with Biden's predecessor, a swamp tale that turned out to be a total hoax, and certainly not the Taliban. Though that group of radical Islamic terrorists killed 13 American Marines and captured billions of dollars in American military equipment, as clueless Joe and his woke military advisors supervised last year's departure from Afghanistan, which made the siege of Saigon in the mid-70s look orderly by comparison. No, no. Through Joe's squinting eyes and shouted words, he pronounced what he believes to be the greatest threat to America. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, you just heard Joe use the word republic for the first, last, and only time last night. In stark contrast, Biden babbled incessantly about democracy, invoking that words 26 times in a speech that ran just under 25 minutes. He even worked it in twice, albeit in incoherent fashion, as he concluded his screed just before he turned to shake the non-existent hand of an imaginary supporter whom he often reaches for in his brain-addled fog. May God protect our nation, and may God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy. God bless you all. Democracy. Thank you. Well, no thanks to Joe, we still have the historical record of when Independence Hall was used for genuinely high-minded purposes, In 1787, during the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin emerged from that building only to encounter a Philadelphia socialite who had her granddaughter in tow. The lady called out, Dr. Franklin, what form of government have you given us? Old Ben turned to her and her granddaughter and responded, A republic, if you can keep it. Franklin was many things. Printer, inventor, scientist, diplomat, statesman, as history notes, our first postmaster general. But the anecdote I just cited sounds today like a letter of prophecy from a founding father to his modern day progeny. Can we keep Our Republic, sadly, one of the first progressive political word games, took place a little over a century ago. And it was successful, I'm sorry to say, utilizing democracy as a synonym for republic. Today, you commonly hear conservatives, like my old buddy Tucker Carlson, using the word democracy to describe our form of government. Respectfully, that is dead wrong. Ours is a constitutional republic, not a democracy. It was that old friend, that old founder, the oldest of the founding fathers, the aforementioned Franklin, who defined democracy in this fashion, quote, Two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. You see, a republic is not based exclusively on the will of the majority. Instead, it is based, it must be based, on the rule of law. And in a constitutional republic, (laughs) it's basically eponymous. The cornerstone of that law is, in fact, Our Constitution. Now, Joe Biden and his bunch have long regarded the Constitution as a document made of silly putty that can be stretched, shaped, and quite often ignored to fit their partisan purposes. Make no mistake, that's what old Joe was telling us last night. He was telling us in his shouted screed with Independence Hall lit red. He was telling us that First Amendment protections do not apply to conservatives, that our words can and should be censored in the public square and on the Internet, and that Trump supporters have no right to a speedy trial if they were on Capitol Hill, on January 6, 2021, that it's okay to have them languish in a D.C. jail, threatened, beaten, and deprived of their constitutional protections. Old Joe's political depravity is directed not at office holders from the other party, but now at everyday Americans. So that's what makes it upsetting, obscene, and dangerous. Contrary to the White House spinmeisters and their compliant allies in most of the national media, this is not a battle for the soul of our nation. It is a war. A war Joe Biden wants to wage on citizens who do not support him. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. I watched this last night, and of course, having spent 12 years as a member of the House of Representatives, I would run into old Joe. It was before all of the cognitive problems. And they are horrible. And it's not all a matter of aging. You may recall Joe had brain difficulties. Remember his first run for president back in 1988? Had to have surgery a couple of other occasions, if I'm not mistaken. Brain surgery that he had to go through. But it's very difficult to be sympathetic toward the man now living in the White House, whatever his physical and mental travails, when undergirding that all, is a sense that he is enraged by those who have a different opinion, by those who vote for another person or party, for those who say... Joe, respectfully, you're wrong. It's J.D. for Seth. 16 minutes coming up on 17 minutes past three. I'd love to hear from you. On AM 960, The Patriot. Don't you go anywhere. Come on back here now. Twenty-one minutes past three, AM 960, The Patriot, KKNT. Recovering United States Congressman J.D. Hayworth back behind the microphone. If you've been scoring at home, uh, it's been over a year since I've been in this chair. Now, to be fair, staff and management contacted me on a couple of other occasions, but I had other engagements But it is so wonderful to be with you today, the day after a speech. And I'm sorry, Joe Biden alert, I'm going to plagiarize for a second from FDR. One, One of the cool things about serving in Congress, I'd walk around the Capitol at night when it was deserted and certain exhibits would be up like at school, like bulletin boards and stuff, like you'd see at school. So I'm walking over to the Senate side, and I see uh, a whole billboard about December 7th, 1941, like a big bulletin board, a big display. And under plexiglass is as FDR's speech to the Joint Session of Congress. And you can see where he has taken his pen... His speechwriters have suggested something else. And FDR changes what was written for him to the line you learned in school. December 7th, 1941. A day which will live in infamy. aren't you tempted? I, I think last night will be an infamous date in American history. I mean, I go back. <laughs> I, I've now got a, got a few years on me. And when I was in college, uh, Jimmy Carter was president. And so I guess this was the spring of 1979. He gave a speech where I guess he was trying to inspire the American people, but it was as if he was scolding us. Oh, yes, I remember that. technically the summer. It was summer school, I guess, of 78 before that midterm, kind of like old Joe last night. He did not use the word malaise anywhere in the speech, but that, that became the word that has been attached to that speech evermore. What, what do we call the Biden speech from last night? I mean, there are a lot of things that I'm just not going to say to keep the show a family show. You know what I think of with apologies to one well-known insurer that has the character mayhem. It was as if old Joe Yeah, I'm saying this about you, I'm a real tough guy, and I just want you to do something. Come on, I dare you. Kind of like the late great actor Robert Conrad. Remember, he was on The Wild Wild West and then played Pappy Boyington and Baba Black Sheep, and he did a series of commercials. Bob was a strong guy, he was a handsome guy, he was not a great big guy. And so he made some battery commercials where he had like uh, (laughs) a battery on his shoulder. And I run into him at the first uh, George W. inauguration. I go, hey, Bob, where's that battery, pal? I want to knock it off your shoulder. We had a good laugh about that. No, he was, a, he was a wonderful guy. But it was like Biden last night was spoiling for a fight malaise, mayhem. And since those of us who are in broadcasting just have this, this, notion that we have to find ways to alliterate. There are an obligatory alliterative tendencies. So I don't know what else you would put in there for it, but, but one thing is it's ineffective. Apparently, old Joe, whatever cognitive problems he's had, he, he took a look. <laughs> he's trying to walk this thing back today. I don't consider any Trump supporter to be a threat. He says today, after what he said last night, Looks to me like they, they must have given him an adjustment on his medication. Meantime, in the press room today, the White House press secretary, Colleen Jean-Pierre, if, if you saw it last night and on television, the effect was Orwellian. I'm going to keep this polite. Some would compare it to another regime. I'm not going to go there for any American president. I'm just not going to do that. But they take Independence Hall and they bathe it in red light. Now look, I'm a proud NC State grad. Red and white, those are our colors. But you don't take a red light and put it, it looks menacing. And then right behind him, and now look, when you're at the White House, by the Oval Office, there are always Marine guards. Not needed last night, and yet they, there are two Marines in full-dress uniform behind Biden. So, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked, hey, why do you have the Marines there? Take a listen to cut three from this morning. To your question about the Marines, look... The president gave an important speech last night, a critical speech and an added inflection point. And, um, you know, our democracy, our values, uh, our values that are our values that our men and women who protect us every day and fight for it every day uh, believe in as well. The presence of the Marines at the speech was intended to demonstrate the deep and abiding respect uh, the president has for these service service members. Oh, really, Karine? So now you're 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 trying to tell us, basically, if I heard you right, that that every Marine believes in the Biden agenda. Boy, I bet they didn't believe it in a year ago when they lost 13 of their brothers at the Kabul airport. But hey, that's just me. Speaking of Marines, a Marine veteran will join us in mere moments. He is the Republican nominee for the United States Congress in the newly designated 4th District. They've been playing tricks. The Redistricting Commission. Oh, I could go on with that. But they always pull these tricks. Okay, we redraw the lines. We give them new numbers. Uh, Kelly Cooper will join us. In, what, about uh, seven minutes' time. And the reason I wanted to bring Kelly on, because, first of all, having, having been both a candidate for Congress and a member of the United States Congress, I think this guy has talent, and I think his experience in business and in the Marine Corps will serve the people of Arizona well. We will hear from him. Uh, and, yes, we will get back into the other hoo-ha. There, there is no way to to stay away from this Biden thing. We will be back to it later. And also, uh, take a look at both United States senators. One who took a controversial vote in uh, cashing in, uh, just, just a figure of speech, but there's some truth in it, cashing in, on voting for that Biden monstrosity that is really the Income Reduction Act, and the other one who is up again at the bar of public opinion this time, what he is going to face in November. You're facing more of the afternoon with me. It's JD for Seth. Please stay tuned.
2: Hi, I'm Kelly Cooper. Being a husband, a father, a Marine, and a restaurant owner has taught me the importance of service. Our politicians have forgotten that they work for us. As taxpaying citizens, we bankroll their salaries. We're the boss, and they're our employees.
1: 26 minutes in front of four. Recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Seth Liebson, AM 960, The Patriot, on the Newsmaker Line, the man whose voice you just heard, given us the what for, given us the reality of what public service is about. He aspires to serve in the Congress of the United States. He is the Republican nominee I believe we call it the 4th congressional district now with all the re uh, redrawing redesignations. Uh important thing to know, he is opposing the Democrat incumbent Greg Stanton. Kelly Cooper, welcome to AM 960 the Patriot.
2: Well, good afternoon. How are you today?
1: Well, I'm doing fine, but I I've got plenty of questions for you, uh including how is the pace of the campaign going? How do you feel about where you are right now, looking ahead to that first Tuesday following the first Monday in November?
2: You know, I feel great, to be honest with you. Uh, the campaign is in 10th gear. Um, we are getting ready to film our first commercial and go live here uh, sometime in the near future. And, uh, you know, I, this is all about the people in this district, so... Um, it's an exciting time. We have a, a great opportunity to bring some real representation to this district, not uh, not some social media representation where we just talk really nice on social media but then vote the wrong way all the time. And uh, I think that's what uh, the people are looking for, is somebody that will, will stand for the principles and value that, that represents them in this district.
1: Our guest, Kelly Cooper, the Republican nominee for the United States Congress in District 4, Uh, The incumbent is Greg Sten. It's interesting what you had to say about old Greg, because, uh, yeah, personally, he's an okay guy, friendly guy. He obviously Mm -hmm. is a former mayor of Phoenix, was biding his time. And look, well, maybe now that's a double entendre, Biden his time uh, to get there and help old Joe spend a lot of money. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but rather than talk about Greg, because his votes are I know you're making the case to the people, but I want to go back Kelly Cooper, and hear it straight from you. When did you decide that you were going to run for the United States House of Representatives? How did it come about?
2: Ah. Uh, So I own uh, several restaurants here in Arizona, a couple of them in the district. And when Governor Ducey shut down all the restaurants for COVID, uh, I had to go through the experience of laying off people, uh, which equates to families. And I kept open one place where I could actually do to go orders. And we, my chef and I stayed on and we cooked six days a week. Uh, we started handing out toilet paper and, uh, any, any, uh, perishables that might have gone bad before we were allowed to reopen. Uh, sad that I had to say allowed to reopen, but, uh, we, uh, that's how we ran it. And, you know, I got to thinking this isn't really for the best interest of the people. Uh, I came home, explained it to my family, and I've told this story before, but, you know, my second-grade daughter said, it's not right, Daddy, you shouldn't have to do that, and uh, you need to do something about it. And she's right. I shouldn't have to do it, uh, but that's what service calls you to do. So we did what we could to help people when we were in that position. And she's also right. We have to do something about it. And so from my perspective, I have uh, the means and opportunity to go and try to represent the people of this district in the best manner that um, – I believe that they're asking to be represented, and that's exactly what I'm going to do.
1: Kelly Cooper, our guest, the Republican nominee for U.S. Congress in Congressional District 4. Kelly, uh, you mentioned your business background in restaurants. And yes, uh, about a minute remains in this segment. We want to hold you over through the next break to talk about what you've learned in the service and in business. But I understand restaurants are the toughest business to be in. The attrition rate is what, something like 90 percent? What was the key to success in that business for you?
2: Uh, wow. It's, so it's understanding p ls It's understanding uh, people and, and having great relationships both with the community, the consumers, and as well the people that work with you. Um, you know, in my line of work, people don't work for someone. Uh, they want to work with good people, and they want to work in an environment that Makes them feel satisfied, accomplished, and happy, and uh, that's that's really what we've tried to do. So yes, you're right. It's one of the hardest business, smallest margins, but you get a, a great measure of satisfaction from uh, seeing people enjoying their evening and connecting with their family.
1: And one thing's for sure, if you've worked in that business. It means you're working hard, running for the Congress of the United States. When we come back, we'll talk more with Kelly Cooper, specifically what he learned as a United States Marine and how that will help him when he heads to the House of Representatives. Recovering Congressman G.D. Hayworth in for Seth Liebson. We're coming back with more on The Patriot. Coming up on 344, uh, 16 minutes in front of four. Next hour, we'll turn our attention uh, to the United States Senate. The other day, I get um, get a note, J.D., how on earth did Arizona end up with two Democrats in the United States Senate? Well, I've got a few thoughts on that. But right now on the newsmaker line, we continue with a gentleman I was mentioning earlier. The obligatory alliterative obsession of broadcasters. and I was thinking back to uh, to Barry Goldwater's campaign after he finished second for president in 64 and then came back to run for the Senate. The tagline on the ads produced by Stephen Shadig, the dad of my uh, my old congressional colleague John Shadding, went something like this: Senator Barry Goldwater. Doesn't that sound great? Well, our guest right now, this is just going to sound, what? Congressman Kelly Cooper. Doesn't that sound great? I happen to think so. Right now, he's candidate Kelly Cooper, the Republican nominee in Congressional District 4. Kelly, you talked about the restaurant business and relationships. Yeah, profits and loss. Yeah, tight margins. But working with people. I'm interested Mm -hmm. to hear how your experience in the United States Marine Corps prepared you both for your professional life, your entrepreneurial endeavors in uh, the restaurant business, but how you think being a Marine helps prepare you for service in Congress?
2: Wow, that's a big question. Uh, So I grew up to a single mom. My mom uh, tried to do her best to be mother and father, uh, to two children. Uh, but oftentimes I talk about the Marine Corps and boot camp as being sort of that father figure that that I didn't really have growing up. Uh, it provided me that st- stability and structure and foundation uh, in me. It creates honor, courage, and commitment. Uh, it's part of the Marine Corps. Uh, but it created that ability of leadership, uh, commitment, goal orientation, drive. Um, I am not one... Uh, who takes no for an answer, uh, that backs down uh, from a fight or a commitment. Uh, when I set out to do something, that's exactly what I do. And I think one of the most important lessons uh, is the ability to lead people. Now, often I hear politicians say that they want to lead, uh, and I think that they mean that they want to lead their district, the people that they represent. And I just don't think that's actually the case. I think... The people that you represent, you work for. So you represent the needs of those people and, and the best interests of those people. But where you actually lead is in the house or the body that you work to represent in leading the collection of people that you can bring together to move forward the legislation or the progress that it is you're trying to make for the benefit of the people that you're representing. And I think that's one of the strongest aspects of um, Marine Corps uh, life and experiences the ability to bring people together and lead and make sure that we're moving in a positive direction forward. And I think that's what we need here. We need somebody that can bring together Congress um, in some small part to make sure that we're moving together and moving forward for the people of Arizona's Congressional District 4, Arizona, and the United States altogether. Kelly
1: Cooper, what has been the greatest lesson you have learned thus far on the campaign trail?
2: Wow. Uh, There have been a ton. Uh, So my industry and and what I've spent my life doing was learning how to uh, run businesses. And I guess uh, what I've learned mostly uh, is that it's very similar to business. You have to be very direct, um, task and goal orientated, committed to what you're doing and working with, and getting partners that are going to help you get to the place that uh, where you need to be. And what I mean by that is uh, your media partners or the consultants that you might work with uh, need to understand who you are and be able to give you the advice based on who you are so that you can represent who you are to the people of the district so they can make the right choice uh, based on what they know
1: and it may surprise uh, those listening to our conversation thus far Kelly Cooper I've I've almost given you essay questions because I think it's sure. important to for people to understand the, the type of person who is motivated to serve we've, we've got about 4 minutes that remain in in this portion of the program before we have to say goodbye and go on and do other things so let me make sure people understand if People want to know more about your campaign. How do they find you on the Internet?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so before we do that, I am going to give you this. Um, I am about gas, groceries, and the border. These are the issues that face our district. I want parents to be uh, the forefront of education. Uh, They don't have to be the final decision-maker or the end-all, be-all, if you will. But parents have to be involved in that. Now, where you can find me is kellycooperarizona.com. From there, you'll find links to all my different social media sites. Uh, You'll find policy positions on the website. Um, I'll tell you, the the Democrat Party have poured through that and decided the things that they want to attack me on, so I'm sure you'll hear about that soon enough. Uh, You can, if you're in my district or near my district, you can support the campaign by hosting meet and greets, allowing me to get the message out to people that maybe I haven't met to this point. If you're in the district or even if you're out of the district, contributing five or $10 or as much as you can is another thing that matters. Uh, this is one of the most expensive media markets out there. So getting our message out there against an incumbent that's well flush with capital is, is a large challenge. Uh, but I think those are, those are the easiest ways. Uh, there's many ways to contact me on the website and all that communication comes directly to me. And I'm really, I try to attempt to be very good at trying to get back to people as best I can.
1: And so, again, just so we understand, repetition is important. The <laughs> website, again, is?
2: Kelly Cooper Arizona, all spelled out. So, Kelly, with a Y, Cooper, Arizona.com.
1: Great. All right. Now, uh, you, you've laid out the big three, gas, groceries, and the border. I will tell you the article you penned at Breitbart.com the other week I thought was great. Tell me about your experience visiting our southern border.
2: Well, so I'm going I'll answer this question. Uh, it, it was horrifying and heartbreaking, uh, but what's even worse is, I spoke to a very good friend of mine today who lost his brother yesterday to fentanyl young man that had four children, um, none of them are out of the house yet, and the complete ignoring of our southern border by this administration and Greg Stanton, frankly, uh, he can get up there and say that he cares about the border and things need to be done, but when it comes time to voting, uh, his voting record says the exact opposite of that. I have, and many of the people listening right now, have had direct impact of fentanyl, and my fear is, is that the people across the border are creating and targeting our children with Skittles. And that's what they call these fentanyl pills that are rainbow colored. They call them Skittles. They are intentionally targeting our children, our families, the foundation of our society. And this administration has done not one thing to address it. In fact, they repeatedly act as though it's not happening and call all of us stupid because we're believing our own lying eyes. When I was down there, you could see people crossing the border. I talked to Jonathan Lyons about how it happens. You have 1,000 people in in the human sector coming over a day. In a couple of months, that number will be closer to 1,800 and 2,000. This is a humanitarian crisis that must be addressed because the human element of it, what the administration has done by encouraging people to come up through the border is allowed for the trafficking of those people, the exploitation of those people, uh, and the criminal criminal behavior that's been ongoing, but it also enables and overwhelms the Border Patrol and Border Security so that things like Skittles, uh, rainbow-colored fentanyl, gets trafficked across the border and gets into our communities. It's the number one killer of the youth in our country from 18 to 45, and it's happening more and more frequently, and nobody is willing to take a stand about it. And I'll you're you willing what, to go I'll stand. Take a stand.
1: That's right. You're ready to go Absolutely. front and center. Kelly Cooper, Marine veteran, restaurant owner, Republican nominee for the Congress of the United States from Arizona District 4. Kelly, good luck to you and thank you for your time. It's recovering yes, sir. congressman. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bless you, man. Work hard. It's JD, the recovering congressman, in for Seth. And this is AM 960, the Patriot. Shut my mouth, man, I can't shut my mouth. This is Talk Radio, recovering United States Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Seth Liebson, AM 960 The Patriot. And we're coming up on the conclusion of our one special thanks to our guest on the newsmaker line, Kelly Cooper, Marine veteran. Successful restaurateur, if you live in Arizona's newly redrawn fourth congressional district, he hopes to be your next congressman. He's the Republican nominee. Again, if you want more info, it's Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Cooper, dot Arizona.com. All those like one word, Kelly Cooper, Arizona.com. Dot .com And it's interesting how people decide to run for congress in my case it was uh, it's akin to a calling I, and again if you and I have talked about this before in various settings I do not like to see the words political and career joined together politics can never be thought of as a career. When you start doing that, you are taking for granted the people who send you to do a job, and you're starting to think about personal ambition instead of working with the constituents. And I will tell you, I think Kelly Cooper has the right mindset to serve in the Congress of the United States. He might not say it this way, but I heard it loudly and clearly. He's got a servant's heart. Doesn't mean that as a businessman, uh, somehow business becomes charity, but he talked about COVID. He talked about the effects on his business, and he talked about helping people. And to step forward, hearing from his daughter, what do we do to help? He said, send me. And on a day when we're dealing with Joe Biden's hoo-ha and that mess of a speech, isn't it great to hear from good people willing to serve? There is much to rejoice about in our grand republic. Next hour... Maybe not so much. We're talking about the U.S. Senate. It's J.D. for Seth. Don't you dare go away. Hour two's ahead.